Lord Jesus, thank you for teaching us how to live. Lord, we pray indeed that we would not be slothful in zeal, but that we be fervent in spirit, especially, Lord, as it pertains to your kingdom. Lord, especially as it pertains to those things which are unfolding in us as individuals and us as a community and as a church. We love you so much. We thank you for bringing us here tonight. Lord, plant the seeds of your goodness and of your vision for this church tonight. Lord, we're with you. We're following you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome. I missed you last week. I was in that, um, that great Labor Day vacation spot of Amarillo, Texas. Don't be jealous. You see in Amarillo, the, the land is flat. The wind blows all day long and the cows are smelly. So that's a little bit of what I was doing last weekend. We missed you. We're so glad to be home. It's now like full-on school for our family. If you've got kids, I'm, I'm sure it's like that for you as well. School, activity, uh, stuff, homework, sports, etc., etc., etc. But for us tonight, this is really the kickoff for our fall season. Pastorates, our mid-sized groups that meet all over East Dallas, those launch this week. And I'll talk about pastorates in a minute. Um, we're kind of kicking off our fall programming, which is all about being connected to one another in community through pastorates. We'll have membership class coming up in October. But really, the, the bread and butter of who we are as All Saints East Dallas, the bread and butter of who we are as Anglicans, but more important, of who we are as followers of Jesus, simply is worship. Our rhythm of life together is dictated by the worship of God. And I hope and, and I hope you understand that doesn't just mean singing. That means everything that we do together on a Sunday. We gather together with expectancy in our hearts and our minds. We hear God's Word. We feast from His body and blood at His holy table. And then we're sent out on mission for Him. So everything that we do, as I talk to you tonight, keep in mind that our core rhythm... We've talked about rhythms and spaces all summer. That core habit, that core practice is Sunday worship. Now, there are more frequent things that we'll do throughout the, the year. Morning prayer and Advent and Lent. Uh, pastorates every other week, etc. And there are broader things that we do, like the church calendar, beginning in Advent, running all the way through Pentecost, and we're now in the season of ordinary time. So everything that we do has an arc it has a shape, and it has a broader purpose. And I don't know if you've ever been to a Texas high school football game. Um, so if you have, maybe you can smile or nod your head. This is, this is kind of a No, you haven't. Okay, well, maybe you've seen the show Friday Night Lights on Netflix. Okay. Well, Texas high school football games have specific uh, liturgies, if you will. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Usually the day of to prepare for that Friday night, and it's always on a Friday. Friday is the holy day. That day during school, there's usually a pep rally. Maybe the coach or some other admired community official will come and, and talk to the football team and get the student body you know, riled up and take up about 45 minutes of class time. You know That always works great. So there's a pep rally. There's preparation. If it's an away game, you drive to the game. You make pilgrimage 
you journey to that, and if you're like me and you grew up in a small town, you journey to that other despised small town where the, peop- the people are not as bright or as smart as you are in your hometown, and the girls are not as pretty as the girls in your hometown. So you drive, so you make pilgrimage, or even if it's a home game, you don your athletic wear. You know, maybe whatever the high school is. I keep wanting to say Canyon Eagles because I grew up at Canyon Eagles. So you put on your Canyon Eagles shirt, your hat. If you're older, maybe you get your stadium seat to protect that, that aging back, which I'm, I'm getting there. So you have your sort of religious garb on. You go to the game and you, you hear the songs, the fight song and the alma mater. And you're fully immersed in a sensory overload of ceremony, of liturgy, of rhythms and spaces, of a vision and of something that organizes life for you as a fan of that Texas high school football team. And next thing you know, you're at the game and you're yelling, and man, those refs are dumb, and I can't believe the other team did that stupid thing. And next thing you know, your character has been formed by this rhythm, by this space, by this habit and practice that you've engaged in, that you've submitted yourself to as a Texas high school football fan. And odds are you get more excited about going to the game the next week and the next week, and the next week, and you're sad when football season is over, but don't worry, it'll come again. That's a little bit like what God is forming in us, friends. We have begun with a very simple rhythm of Sunday worship. We didn't begin with a focus on you know, cool small group curriculum or anything like that. About two years ago, 40 people as part of a core team of leaders were sent from All Saints Dallas to come to this place, 1000 Easton Road, when we were on the phone with all sorts of people and all sorts of churches and were laughed at by some of them. And that's okay because I was used to it from trying to date people in high school. <laughs> totally fine with rejection. And... And we found a person of peace in the pastor, Rich Pounds, here at Central Lutheran Church. That's why we're so grateful for that relationship that we have with them. But we came here and we began weekly worship about two years ago, November 1st, 2015. And we started with that rhythm of weekly Sunday worship with Holy Communion. Because just like we sang earlier, and I don't know if you perceived, you know, It's amazing when we're in God's presence, what He can communicate to us as individuals and a community. But I don't know if you perceive, but just just the goodness of God as we sing that. That God is a good, good Father. And that's all we began trying to do was create a rhythm of worship so that the Lord Jesus, the risen One, who's not any longer in the empty tomb, who's ascended and His very ascension and absence from us communicates to us His presence by the Holy Spirit. His very absence all around us communicates to us the reality of the resurrection. Yes, even that terrible storm bearing down on the peninsula of Florida. 
shows us that redemption is near. It reminds us of the great hope that we have. That early, early prayer of the church, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Come, Lord. And so in the beginning, all we wanted to do was create a rhythm of weekly worship. And then we began meeting in pastorates. Now, pastorates are mid-sized groups. I don't call them small groups because they're not really small. They might be on a given week because, you know, 12 or 15 people may show up. But they're meant to be a little bit bigger so that it's not this awkward thing when your neighbor comes to the pastorate. Oh, it's just you eight people talking about very deeply personal things. I'll, I'll have a beer and go to this other room. I won't stay here. So we want them to be a, a welcome space and they meet every other week. There's a rhythm to it. There's a particular kind of space to a pastorate. And so we began to do that. And we watched God work. Now, it was difficult. There were times, and, and I'm in now the, the section of my sermon called Celebrate. What has God done? I just broke a rule of sermon giving. You're never supposed to say I'm in that section, but I'm in that section right now. But we saw God take us from this small core group of people, and, and granted, a lot of friends that would come around and, and be here, but we saw God take us from that group and, and continue to invite people to Himself. I watched in my own life God weaned me from the need for success. God weaned me from the illusion that I can do it on my own. I'll never forget being in, in right over here where I come pray during the day, my office right over here in that building, and thinking, okay, we had these big, uh, you know, preview services, and you know, we created a buzz and a crowd, and those those people have kind of gone away, and now we're here, and it's us, and it's smaller, and I'm scared, God, and am I working hard enough? And you know, I open up the prayer book, and there in the lectionary, the, the reading for that day is First Corinthians 13. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that says. And Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he's, Paul says, I planted and Apollo swatted, so by now God has my attention. I planted, Paul said, and Apollo swatted, but God gave the growth. And in just a really gentle way, my father spoke to me and said, Jay, you, you aren't responsible. Like, you have to do the work but you're not going to be the one that builds this. I will build this. Our good, good Father will build this church. And so we watched and we had a joint Monday Thursday service here with Central Lutheran and we kept going with pastors and kept welcoming people in and we had membership class and we had confirmation class and we confirmed, I think, 20 people on our first confirmation service. And it was beautiful. We had about four teenagers and about 16 adults. It was fantastic. All those people joining the church. And we kept pressing on and pressing on. And I would look at people's eyes and I would think, are you tired? Don't leave. Don't give up. It's hard putting up this screen. <laughs> Don't worry, we're fixing that soon. It's hard to set church up here every week. It can be exhausting. But you know what? The people that do that, they do it as an offering. Not to me. Not to Chris not to the church, but they do it as an offering to God. And friends, we've watched God slowly, subtly show us that 
that He's put us in fertile soil. There's something about this place. There's something about this property, this room. There's something about this part of the city. And friends, let me just say, again, celebrating what God has done. God's vision for this church is that we would, you know, we're, we're going to be an Anglican church. We're going to be a three-stream church. We're going to do all of that stuff. We're going to be distinctly who we are. We're going to continually welcome people. We're going to live in the hospitality of the Holy Spirit. That is a key gift and a key sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit is hospitality. And I celebrate the way that you all have welcomed people, and I celebrate the way that many of you have been welcomed, even as of late. But we've watched God bring people to Himself. And God has made it very clear that He wants to draw men and women and children, families and individuals, people to Himself. There's a prayer in morning prayer prayer for mission that says this, Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us with your spirit that we reaching forth our hands in love may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. That is God's vision. That as we abide in this rhythm and space of weekly worship, as we see our character being shaped and formed, as we see our inner being being remade in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ Himself by the power of the Holy Spirit, all being presided over by our good, good Father. As we do that, Jesus will continue to draw people to Himself. So I celebrate that God has done that already. I loved our summer worship nights. We, we asked the question, how could we have a space for dreaming and prayer and worship and intercession? Just kind of a thing that we've never done before. And we decided to do three, or excuse me, four consecutive summer worship nights, June, July, and two in August. And the last one, we invited um, somebody I, that we love, Audrey Assad, a worship leader a singer and songwriter, a mother and a wife and a daughter of a Syrian refugee. We invited her. And I don't know if you were here, but over 500 people were here a couple of weeks ago to worship with Audrey Assad. And again, in that unseen, unarticulated way, God began to pour out His Spirit in healing, in renewal, as Audrey shared her story, as she just talked about the darkness in her own life, and as we all recognize the darkness in our lives, so we celebrate what God has done over this past season. I celebrate that we're launching a new pastorate down in you know far further southeast Dallas that Glenn and Stacy Gautier are going to host and lead, and Andy and Whitney Thompson are going to help lead. Now this is where I read story, uh, read things off my list. So forgive me. I celebrate how God has welcomed and how you all have welcomed so many of our international friends, friends from Iraq, friends from Iran, and others to come. I celebrate that. And you may often notice you hear people talking in the background. You're like, who is, who's talking during church? You're not supposed to talk during church. Well, those are translators translating for our international friends. I celebrate what God has done in our midst. Because guys, be assured that God has done it. I have not done it. We have not done it as people. Now, He needs us. 
He uses us. And that's the great mystery. That's the great riddle. And that's the great privilege of being the body of Christ. Because I'm sure if we told him no to his vision and dream of having an Anglican church deeply rooted in East Dallas, welcoming people, having it be a place for healing, a place where people are engaged in this rhythm of worship and prayer and community and mission, where people are being formed by the power of the Spirit, by the incarnate Word. I'm, I'm sure if we said no, that somebody else would step up and do it. It's not dependent upon us, but it's our great privilege. It's our great joy to say yes. I really have the sense that God has, and forgive me, but one day praying, I, I just saw a really loamy, fertile, dark, rich soil. And I saw this place in my mind's eye. And it's as if the Lord said, Jay, it's fertile. It's not too soon and it's not too late. It's almost as if he kind of kept it cordoned off, little little police caution tape around it, so that for such a time as this, you and I, and people we don't even know yet, because I assure you, people that we don't even know yet, people that don't know Jesus yet, will be here. And they'll be raised up. And they'll be leading and serving alongside you and alongside me. That's part of the great hope. So I celebrate that God has done that, that he's put us here right now for this time and place. So we celebrate, but I want to anticipate with you. I want to look ahead to what God may be doing. What do we hope God will do this year? And there's a few things that I want to share with you. There's three grows and two takes, and one clarify. I am failing at making this something enjoyable to listen to, so forgive me for that. But, but just stay with me. I know you're with me. Grow. Oh, that God would grow us deeper in love with Himself. That's why we protect Sunday worship. We want to grow deeper in love with God. We want to be full of His Holy Spirit. We want to be fed at His table. We want to grow deeper in love with Him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We want to grow deeper in community. And friends, that's why I am I'm putting all my uh, inviting chips. If you're going to do something that's not on a Sunday, join a pastorate. Connect with other people around you. We've got one in Lake Highlands area, one right over here by Hexter Elementary, and one further south at kind of Lakeland and uh, Ferguson Road, right-ish? Okay. So we've got three, north, south, north, middle, south of East Dallas. And if you're not even sure about it, don't, there's no pressure, but pastorates are, that's our presence in the city. It's how we do life together. And it's how God will continue to grow us from neighborhood to neighborhood. Remember how in the book of Acts they met from house to house and they were breaking bread of gladness in their hearts and, and speaking to one another God's word? The Lord's vision for this church is that we meet from neighborhood to neighborhood. East Alice is a place where people take great pride in their neighborhoods. They love where they live. They want to live there all of their lives. And we want to see pastorates grow. And that doesn't just go for inside the loop, but that means up into Richardson, out into Garland. If you're in this space, you're here for 
a reason. God wants you to connect with others. So grow deeper in community with one another, growing our core of leaders. And that's why we're having our ministry fair. I mentioned a core team of leaders, about 40 people. These are people who were committed to the behaviors of generosity and time, saying, okay, for the sake of what God is doing in East Dallas, I'm going to give my time. I'm going to serve. They were generous with their talents, with their gifts, that they were open to say, being told, hey, you're really good at this. Would you help us organize that? Hey, you're great at this. Would you help us do this? Their time and their talent and their treasure. That's a big hope you'll hear in just a moment. What I anticipate is we're going to be able to stand on our own two legs financially. For the last couple of years, we've been on a declining subsidy from our sending church, All Saints Dallas. And at the end of this fiscal year, our hope, our great hope and our anticipation is that we'll be able to stand on our own two feet financially. But part of being in that core group of, of leaders is that there's generosity in your time, your talent, and your treasure. And as, as much as you can, you're giving. Not because we need money to make this happen, but because Jesus has invited you into this. And friends, one of the last parts of us to be baptized, perhaps, <laughs> or to be discipled is our finances, is our wallets. Jesus Christ gave everything for us. And St. Paul says God loves a cheerful giver because that giving is modeled by Jesus who poured himself out. So that's, that's an invitation. That's an opportunity for you to participate. Part three, I'll get there in a second, is to give in your time, your talent, and your treasure. But that's what we anticipate and hope to see this year is growing that core of leaders. It takes about 20, 25 people to make Sunday worship happen. Did you know that? It's hard. And people get burned out doing it. This is my fourth church plant to be part of. And I really want to protect people. So the more people that we have joining in, belonging, serving together, the better. We're offering it to the Lord as a sacrifice. So we're growing our core of leaders. We're taking responsibility, as I said, for our financial independence. That subsidy, it will go away by God's grace at the end of this fiscal year. And that's not, from All Saints Dallas, it's not a, you know, at this date on the calendar, you're cut off and good luck and we'll never see you again. But that's just a healthy expectation. And I believe God can do it. I believe we can do it. But not only will we take responsibility for our financial independence, we'll also take responsibility for our own governance. So as we grow in our independence financially, we'll grow in terms of our independence as a church. We don't have our own governance. Our governance is still inside the board of stewards, if you will, of All Saints Dallas. And so what we'll do is we'll create a group called a vestry. A vestry is responsible for overseeing the things that are temporal about the church. That's about seven or eight men or women who are members of the church, who are key stakeholders, who are leading in those ways that I mentioned earlier, the generosity and time, talent, and treasure. And so that vestry will help us uh, produce our bylaws, gain our own 501c3 nonprofit status, all the things that you lie awake at night and dream about. But it's part of the household of God as God builds us, as He shapes us and form us, forms us in His image and His likeness, 
that's part of our responsibility that we get to grab hold of. And we get to say, yes, Lord, we will take responsibility for that. And finally, and I mentioned this in the newsletter, and hopefully you read it, but I anticipate for God to clarify our vision. We've, we've, we've been given a vision. We've received a vision from all saints Dallas, and that is to live in God's presence and live out His love. And that's such a perfect encapsulation of what it means to be a, a participant, a member, a worshiper, a Christian in the Anglican way, a three-stream Anglican Christian, wh- whatever you want to say. We want to live in God's presence. We simply want to abide with Him. He is the vine. We are the branches. And we want to live out His love. We want to express that on mission for Him. But now it's time for us to clarify and formulate a vision that will help give shape to us in a more specific way. A cohesive vision that just like that Texas high school football game rhythm, just like that liturgy where a particular set of practices and habits produce a particular kind of person. That's the kind of vision that I hope for this year. One that inspires people, that people see it and they read it or you see it or read it. You think, oh my gosh, that's actually really what I want church to be. I, I mean, I like Jay and all and I like these other people, but this is, actually, this is really real. This is something that I can hold on to. Something that organizes. I am not a terribly organized person, but I want to be. And I want this vision to give us a burning yes for what God wants us to do. Because there are, there, you realize there are so many things that we could do, and that's one reason the church in America and all over the world has lost track, because they've forgotten their core mission and vision of being the people of God, worshiping Him, living lives of prayer and community, experiencing His healing by the power of the Spirit, and living out lives of mission. So I want a vision that will help us say yes to what God is asking us to say yes to. A vision that sets boundaries where people think, oh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm really into that. I don't know if I really want to be part of a community that values regular worship and prayer and, and wants to take those, those practices on in a, in a heavier way. I'm not sure I want to be connected to a historic community that, that identifies with the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. And that's okay. That's good but a vision that sets boundaries, that invites new people in and sets, and here's the most important thing, guys, that sets the stage for growth and stability. I believe God is planting a church here in East Dallas that is not just for us and it's not just for our generation. I believe this is the foundation for a movement of his kingdom in an Anglican kind of way for generations to come. And I beg God that that would be so for, as the Psalms say, for a people yet unborn. For people that don't live here now, for people that aren't even a glimmer in their parents' eye. That's what I believe God is doing here. Winston Churchill said, we shape our buildings and our buildings shape us. My great hope and anticipation is that God is building through us and in us a building that will shape followers of Jesus who deeply love Him, who are growing in Him, 
and who will be very intentional about loving their city well, loving their neighbor. I hope that I hope that you anticipate God shaping us and building us and forming us. So we've celebrated, we've anticipated, and lastly, participate. How can we, how can you on this vision day participate in what God is doing? Well, here are four points. How you can participate. The first thing is worship. If you do nothing else, worship the Lord Jesus with us and our Father in the power of the Spirit. Come every Sunday night. Grow with Him. Grow with one another. Just worship. Just come and be in that rhythm and space, that practice and that habit of coming to His table, begging Him. Grow Worship. The, sec- the second thing is serving. Outside in the courtyard after church, we'll have our ministry fair, and I'll show you a brochure with, with the, all the details of that. But as I said, it takes about 25 people to pull off Sunday worship. Part of belonging here, it's not the only way to belong, but part of belonging here is serving. Taking up a tool in a way that is sustainable for you. We don't need any heroes dying on the battlefield. We don't need anybody experiencing burnout. And some of you do need to say, hey, I just got to tap the brakes for a season. Do that. I want you to do that. That's why number one was worship. But if you feel like this is a place that you're belonging, or if you feel like this is your home, then you need to serve. Helping little saints. Commit to pray with one of our international friends. Serve the chalice. Be a reader. Be on the prayer team. There's all sorts of things that you can do to help make our rhythm and space of weekly worship happen. Join. Join a pastorate. It's easy. It's fun. You won't regret it. Every other week, it can't be that bad. Heck, if you need help paying for babysitter, we'll even help you pay for babysitter. Every other week, starts in September, we break for Christmas, we'll kick back off in January. It'll be the best thing you've ever done. Join the church, or at least come to membership class. It begins in October. Join. Step in. Be involved. And lastly, generosity. I mentioned that earlier as as our core team of leaders. God has given us such great and generous people. But I invite you that if that's not a practice of yours, tithing is something that we'll talk about later on in the fall. It, it, It means giving the first 10% of what you have to God because, newsflash and spoiler alert, it's all God's anyway. I don't know if you knew that. It is. So, but generosity, just join in with Jesus because he's inviting us. He's asking us. He's calling us to build this church, to shape this building that will in turn, by the power of the Spirit, shape people for generations to come. So we celebrate what God has done this vision day. We're so grateful. We anticipate all the things that get to be done, all the opportunities that are in front of us. And don't be surprised if I call you and say, hey, we really need help with formulating this vision. Or hey, I hear you're really good at 501c3 nonprofit status, etc., etc., etc. Don't be surprised if I call on you and say, hey, would you be willing to, to help us? Would you be willing to lead? So we anticipate what God will do. But most of all, I invite you to participate, whether that's just weekly worship, serving on a team, joining a pastor, joining the church, or increasing your level of generosity.
The Lord Jesus has put it before us. I want to follow him. And I know you do too. Let's do that together for the sake of the people of East Dallas and beyond. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for calling us here this day. Lord, do implant and emblazon in our mind's eye your vision to draw people to yourself here. Do help us see your heart for those who do not have a living relationship with you or with your church. Lord, show us how we can increase our generosity. Lord, not just so we can meet numbers and, and, and meet a budget, but so that we can participate with you in what you're doing. We love you, we thank you, and we celebrate and glory in you. In Jesus' name, amen.